Hi everybody, welcome back to Chai Talks. It's your host Arasu here and how is everyone doing? So welcome back to my podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about something that I think is very important. It's something that I've struggled a lot with personally growing up and I'm just going to be completely realistic and honest with you guys. And this is something that, I don't know, I could be completely wrong here. I don't know if it is something that is spoken about a lot, but in all honesty, I haven't seen, I have seen people talk about it, don't get me wrong, but I haven't seen this become a bigger conversation. You know, it's not something that people really do emphasize on and that is people growing up or people dealing with an ethnicity identity crisis so I have actually filmed an episode like this I actually filmed two episodes to do with this this subject but I think I wasn't expressing myself properly and my points properly and hence why I've had to redo these episodes and one major reason why I wanted to redo these episodes is just because I feel like it's such an important subject that needs to be spoken about that isn't spoken about enough in my opinion um so let's start off with the basic what is or what could some people consider as an ethnicity identity crisis so in my opinion and this is how I would personally word it an ethnicity identity crisis is a feeling of feeling confused about oneself ethnicity it's about you know not knowing how to juggle or balance the different heritages you may have now for a bit of background context I don't know if people have heard my other episodes or not or know anything about me so I am a British born Pakistani girl okay so I was born and raised in the UK in England to be precise but my ethnicity and my heritage is of a Pakistani background and more specifically I'm Punjabi Pakistani. Sometimes when people hear that they get a bit confused maybe and they're like but how are you going to have an ethnicity crisis? You literally are 100% of one ethnicity. But that's where the problem lies. That's where we begin with this problem. People like me who were born and raised or have lived in a, set of, in a foreign country for many, many years of their life who know nothing else but the customs and traditions of that country, they are then subjected to, you know, their, I guess, their nationality and what their nationality requires of them it can get a bit tricky and confusing in a person's mind. To be fair, I can only speak off on my experiences and the people around me who have told me about their experiences, but it really does get difficult for children like us, you know? I mean, I'm not a child, but as in I'm a parent's child, so it does really get difficult for children like us who have to grow up in a society in an environment where we're just so confused because we're conflicted all the time with both of our with both our nationality and our ethnicity and we can't find the right balance because if we try and you know if we try and identify more with either one of those things it will either impact our social life outside of the home or it can impact your home life and for us that gets very complicated especially for my generation and the upcoming generations I can say for a fact this is going to be more of a struggle with time and this leads me smoothly onto my first point and that is what are the causes of 
this ethnicity crisis, you know, ethnicity identity crisis. So in my opinion, I think this is a very big part to play. And I feel like I have a very common theme when I talk about stuff on my podcast from my first season. And that is the education system and that is schools. And I know sometimes, and I I, I know like I've had conversations with friends before and such, and some people think, well, no, I don't understand what a school can do. But schools can do a lot, you know. Think about it logically. You spend most of your life, right, academia, you know, you're in school, college and or uni if you plan to go to uni or do an apprenticeship, you're always studying. You have spent a good portion of your life studying, going to an institution to learn. I don't know if your schools were different to mine, but from what I understand, an average school day in the UK is around six hours long. So for me, if I think about it logically, I would spend more time at school than I would spend at home because I would wake up early, I'd go to school, spend six hours there, come home, have my food, do my homework, spend probably an hour or so with my family, and then I'd go to bed. And then the whole cycle would repeat itself, you know? So if anything, I'm spending my most time at school. And when people at school are targeting you when your peers are targeting you about stuff like your skin color the food that you eat the clothes that you wear the way you look certain attributes about your ethnicity it really does take a toll on a person's mental health and it really does impact a person and how they perceive themselves and most importantly how they perceive their ethnicity because there is a lack of representation also within schools and there is a lack of education around these matters this starts off with this whole ethnicity identity crisis people then find themselves questioning themselves so much from a very very young age so I'm gonna I mean I could only really use my example here So when I went to school, I went to an all-girls high school. But when I got to high school, I really started noticing how pretty some girls were and how they have certain features that make them look gorgeous and these gorgeous European features that they have. And in a sense, I started comparing myself. Um, And this is something I will move on to in just a second. But a big reason why I started comparing myself is because even in my Desi community, their features and their looks are compared to with you know, brown people. Like when I turn on the TV or when I listen to a Bollywood song, a lot of the times they're saying something to do with gori and gori means uh, white skin or a white girl, basically. So when I look at a gori or when I look at a white girl and then I look at myself, obviously I'm gonna think I'm not really that pretty because, you know, they have the features that all these Bollywood heroes are talking about or Pakistani dramas are talking about or these actresses are trying to look like And yeah, it really started taking a toll on my mental health. And unfortunately, my first few years of high school, like I said, when I came from primary to high school, I was very quiet. I'm nothing like the way I am now. Like now I'm very like extroverted. I'm I'm quite confident with what I have to say. But back then I just, I couldn't say anything. In simple words, I didn't have the guts to say anything. And I remember I had, you know, a few friends in year seven till I'd say like early year nine weren't of an ethnic background and a couple of times they would pick out well this one specific girl would pick out things about me she'd pick out the fact that I you know had facial hair um because obviously as a brown girl I'm bound to have more facial hair she would pick out the fact that um I had a mustache I mean that comes under facial hair but I don't need her to do that obviously my monobrow she used to pick that out a lot um she used to pick out the fact that you know, she used to ask me really weird questions like, oh, what, so do you wear saris on the weekend? And I was like, I remember she asked me once and I was like, no, I just wear like, you know, 
just English clothes, just normal clothes, normal clothes for this society. Like, what a stupid question to ask. And also a bit ignorant because like I'm Pakistani and saris are worn in my culture, but especially like where I'm from in Pakistan, like in Punjab, it's not really that common. Anyways, I mean, I don't expect her to know, but fair enough. Remember once, so in high school, I used to have really, really bad acne, um, like really bad T-zone acne, basically. And I had this spot right in the center of my brows, okay? So where like your monobrow area would basically be. I remember she came up to me and I literally, while I'm saying this, I have this vivid image of her. She comes up to me and she points at it and she goes, is that a bindi? Are you wearing a bindi? And I was just so confused. I was like, no. I mentioned her name and I was like, it's a spot. She was like, oh, I was going to say, why are you wearing a bindi? And I was just like, are you okay? Like, how disrespectful is that? The fact that she didn't even know how to identify me properly, you know, I mean, that's a problem a lot of people have is they don't know how to identify people. Like, the fact that a lot of people think it's I mean, I I do understand the whole reasoning why people do think it could be offensive to call someone brown, but you need to think about it. Like, I'm not white and I'm not black, so I'm in between. Clearly, I'm brown. And I remember she was trying to, like, educate me on it. She's like, well, no, that's racist. You can't say that. And I was like, are you okay? How am I going to identify myself as black when I'm not black? And in a sense, that's me being... I don't think it's me being rude as such, but it is kind of me being a bit inconsiderate because I'd say a lot of black people you know, share a lot of the same history and experiences and I don't want to take that away from them by considering myself as black, you know, Um, when I'm not, I'm brown and I'm South Asian. So like I said, these are just a few examples that we have to go through. Then it's the fact that my school literally had not even a single teacher who was a person of colour. And in subjects like RE or when we were talking about racism, there was never someone from my, you know, background or even a black background or an East Asian background. Nobody of these kinds, I mean, they're just to name a few examples. There was never anyone from those backgrounds to come and represent me. So, of course, people are going to have a perception about brown people and Muslims. And, you know, your peers will then think it's okay to make the comments that they make because there isn't there isn't much much representation. Like, I'm only speaking from an area where it is predominantly white and there was like probably five Bengali families that used to live in that area. I don't know what it's like in areas like Blackburn or Bradford or Birmingham or Manchester or London. Like, you know, from what I've heard, some people are like, oh no, it's really diverse. Like, we've grown up together and such. But even when that happens, you will always find ignorant people in your life. And unfortunately, if you fall into the wrong group of people, those people can really affect you and especially affect the way you see yourself. And I remember by the time I got to like year nine, my confidence had just decreased so much. I had the worst self-esteem. And I always say this, like I'm very grateful to that school for giving me a lot but they gave me no support in many aspects, you know, and I, I, well, in mainly the mental health aspect, they gave me no support at all, you know, I struggled a lot in high school with some things, and I got no support, and even when I went to them and told them about people being racist or Islamophobic, they did nothing, and it's so unfortunate because that school was meant to be a UNICEF-led school, so UNICEF is all about children's rights and equality and this and that and blah, 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 but they didn't really stick to it, they stuck to it when they felt like it benefited them. So for instance, sexism, because we were an all-girls school, let's talk about feminism, yay! Even though I could say so much on feminism too, but that's not what this topic is about. And like I said, I'm very grateful to that school for a lot of things. Like I passed with, alhamdulillah, very good grades. I was head girl at that school. I achieved a lot. 
but I left that school with the worst self-esteem ever. My self-esteem was so bad because of these comments that people made and moreover it was mainly because of the way people treated me. I remember when I'd have conversations with girls for instance, I just noticed like they pretended as though I was dumb, you know, they used to dumb down everything. So it made me laugh and also it made me quite shocked because I remember me and my best friend were talking about this and she was like, if anything, RFC, they should have spoken to you like you're some sort of genius because stereotypically brown people are meant to be smart, you know. That always confused me, like every time I would talk to them, I remember so clearly I used to get looked up and down so much by people and that's why, that was a big reason as to why I was so quiet because I felt as though if I spoke up, spoke about anything, people are going to look at me weirdly because they probably think, oh, she doesn't know what she's saying or she can't relate with us, all of these things. And even if people weren't thinking that, it's the fact that I was the only one that was excluded in a whole group of people. And when a brown person or a black person or just someone of an ethnic minority, when they're excluded in a group full of white people, you are naturally going to link it back to is it because of my race? Is it because of my ethnicity? Is it because of my skin colour? Even if it is or isn't that reason. Because for me, I always used to find it so hard to understand that everyone's like, Arisi, you're such a lovely girl. Arisi, you're this, you're that, you're so kind. Okay, if I'm kind, treat me with respect. Treat me with kindness. Treat me with dignity, at least. But I didn't get that. And like I said, this then affects you so much to the point where you bring that stuff home. Second thing that can cause an ethnicity identity crisis is stuff that goes on at home. So one thing I'm just going to quickly add on before I start talking about the family situation, I don't really want anyone thinking anything negatively because in all honesty, what I'm talking about family situation is just stuff I've heard from other people. I'm very blessed that my mum is not like this, you know, alhamdulillah, she's very understanding when it comes down to this stuff and I'm really grateful that my mum has given me the opportunity to have that like clear communication with her on matters like this this is just stuff that I've genuinely heard so I don't want anyone out there thinking like oh my goodness her mum might be like this too like it's if a parent is like this there's nothing wrong with that okay because you do need to understand their perspective too but I just want to clarify that I'm very very blessed and I'm really lucky that my mum is very understanding when it comes time to this issue and I don't really have much to relate to when it comes time to the whole family situation hence why I won't really have many examples to share when it comes time to that unlike when I was talking about the school so at school you're obviously as a child you're dealing with all of these um, stigmas and you're dealing with this discrimination and you come home and unfortunately whether you like it or not you let it out at home And when you start letting it out at home, you start rejecting things from your ethnicity or from your culture. So for instance, some people will start, you know, stop speaking their own, their mother tongue at home. They'll start speaking more in English because they want to fit in with their friends better. They'll start talking in slang and such and their parents will be a bit like, what the hell are you saying? Because I'll tell you one thing, I'm not an old woman or anything, but I personally don't understand any sort of slang at all. Well, actually, no, no, I understand slang here and there, but I'd be so bad if I was a mum, I'd be like, what, what are you trying to say? Like, what are you trying to say? But start talking in a language that's even different to what your parents have had to learn after coming into the UK. You start adapting to the white culture, in a sense, to the Western society, and you start rejecting things that your parents will say or restrictions that they may impose on you. So, for instance, you know, it's known in our, like, households. I think I think a lot of people do think that white people are a lot more chilled. Like, white parents are a lot more chilled with their kids. And 
when your friends are saying stuff like that like I remember a few times my friends would be like why is your mum so strict um why can't you come out to a party or something and when I say party I don't literally mean like go clubbing or anything but I was like 14 at the time I literally just mean like an after school party and you know my mum had these restrictions on me which is fair because she was worried about me and I was very very young to you know in a sense go for her a lot of it was more to do with who's going to pick you up who's going to drop you off that kind of thing because my mum didn't drive at the time and I felt too bad to ask people to like give me lifts at the time so people then start comparing their own situations with you and then you look at it and you start as sad as it sounds you start resenting your parents and you start resenting your culture and you start comparing and you go oh if only I was white or if only I was western I'd be able to do this and if only like I didn't have this I'd be able to do this and when you bring that home your parents become unfortunately from what I've seen and I've heard from experiences your parents become a lot more stricter because they don't understand what is happening and in their eyes they think that they are losing their child and they think that they are losing their child to this crazy society, this crazy western community that in a sense, this is how a lot of parents may think, foreign parents may think, that isn't a very good society and they're scared of that and that's when more problems arise because when a child goes to school they're subjected to all this hatred and bullying and subtle discrimination sometimes from their so-called friends and when they come home they come home to parents not understanding and being even more harsh and even more restrictive on them and then they get stuck okay then they're in this like they're in they're literally stuck in the mud where they can't even like get themselves out of this like this big pile of mud because if they try to like let's say pick themselves up and you know get themselves onto the left side of the land that's in them accepting the white culture but then if they decide to pick themselves up and you know step onto the right side of the land that's then them accepting their ethnicity and their heritage and for us it can sometimes get really difficult because because you don't want to reject either or because I know that if I reject any of my western side I will have no friends here and I'm going to be lonely and as much as parents say oh it doesn't matter if you don't have them you have us realistically you do need friends you need people who are of a similar age group and you need people outside of your home there's a reason why even if we were to look at it islamically there is an emphasis on choosing good group of people to surround yourself by right and you and realistically you can't just stay at home 24 7 okay and these and your parents will sometimes get mad at you and be like why are you at home go do something you know so you can't reject that but at the same time you can't reject your parents you can't reject your ethnicity because that is just something that is a part of you like if you're brown for instance if you're south asian a lot of desis we are brown okay i'm brown skin but the one thing i was super not proud of was my skin color because as a kid growing up as a kid I was always kind of subjected to I don't know how to explain it more like when I was really really young like I have memories here and there of people treating me differently for instance to my sister who was slightly more fairer than me who was whiter than me and I knew very well it was because I was darker than her so for the longest time in my life I resented my skin color and even in high school when those girls would make comments about my skin or my ethnicity it made me resent myself even more and I remember at one point like I was considering to get bleaching um, injections because of how much I hated myself and when I met my best friend I remember she used to like hype me up so much and 
she knows who she is and I've done an episode with her I've, I've done a couple of episodes with her actually but she's also Muslim just a shameless plug um if you do want to hear an episode with my best friend it's the um how Islam is portrayed in western society but um yeah I remember she used to hype me up so much and it made me feel it started helping me and really I really taught my brain that my skin color is beautiful and I don't need to change it for anyone which is true because I'm not being funny there are girls out there that pay so much to get fake tan or pop fake tan on them and I'm not even being funny they a lot of girls look just orange and it's kind of funny though because those same girls that look orange will try and achieve my skin color but then will have the audacity to you know look down upon me or treat me differently because of my heritage which makes no sense to me personally but and the reason why I'm saying this is because realistically you can't really reject your ethnicity because a lot of us are walking around and we are literally the face of our ethnicity like no matter how in a sense white or western I try and act I can still not change the fact that I am Pakistani because I'm brown and I should wear that proudly and at the end of the day, another reason why we shouldn't reject your ethnicity is because of everything that our parents have gone through to give us the life that they've given us. The time our parents came into this country was a very different time to the time we're living in today. And even though it's still really hard today, but back then the severity of racism and how casual it was, like today, I'm not saying racism has decreased because trust me, I mean, you heard my sister in my previous episode, it really has and it's still there, it's quite prominent. But it's the fact that back then it was just so casual and it was so normal and our parents had went through so much to, in a sense, give us that freedom and that right to live our lives like every other human in the UK. You can't reject that. And yeah, I understand why some people do want to reject their ethnicity because there's a lot to not be proud of, but there's a lot to be proud of too. Don't get me wrong, you know, a lot of my podcasts, especially this season, I will be focusing on the positives and the negatives of being thisy. I'm not trying to reject the fact that there are negatives about being brown, 100% that there are, but there's also so many positives that we cannot deny. For instance, look at our clothes, right? Remember very clearly, in my school, um, so we used to have mufti days, which were basically, basically non-uniform days. I remember there was always one non-uniform day, at least every year, if not the non-uniform day, world book day, I would always go to school either wearing some sort of anarchy or some sort of lenga. Like, I was so proud of my clothing, I would show it off, I would flaunt it, okay? And it's funny because I remember a few girls would like look at me weirdly and they'd be like, I think one or two girls did ask me like, why are you wearing that? And then I turned up to prom and obviously I hadn't like, it was kind of like an anarchy. I don't really know how to explain it. It was like an anarchy that I wore. And I turned up and these girls were wearing two pieces. Like they were wearing like a little crop top with like a skirt. And in my mind, I'm like, that's fashion. That's fashionable. You look beautiful because they did. But when I wear the same thing and I call it a lehenga, it's weird. Why am I wearing that? So yeah, make that make sense. The food that we eat. But the national dish of Britain, of England, is the chicken tikka masala. So like, when people are saying, oh yeah, you curry muncher, you this and that, like, bro, you do realise your national dish is a dish from my ethnicity, from my South Asian heritage. So again, make that make sense. The languages we speak, the music we have, like, especially us Punjabis, we have some banging tunes, you know? And again, like I said, our skin colour, it's as simple as that as well. The fact that there are people out there that will go to all extents to try and achieve our skin colour, but we are born with it. We are born with that natural golden or olivey like tint in our skin. Like we should be so proud of we should not reject it. Yes, every culture, every community comes with baggage. There are a lot of things today that I can also mention that are bad about being thisy, but even being 
British. There's a lot of things that are bad about being British. The only sad thing is, and this I could do a whole new episode on, is a lot of our negativity unfortunately has actually been influenced by stuff like the British Empire and colonisation. The way, the things that we talk so negatively about, so for instance, the way I mentioned skin colour before, a lot of that does come from, in a sense, generational trauma that has been embedded in our parents, our grandparents and great-grandparents' mind that they had suffered from through the colonisation time period. And unfortunately, it's not an excuse. But again, a lot of that is not even us. It's not even to do with us. Unfortunately, a lot of it does come from this trauma that our parents carry and this perception that they have of the world because that's all that their parents knew and their grandparents knew and their great-grandparents knew and etc, etc. This leads me perfectly onto my final point of today's episode. And that is, how do we tackle such a matter then? How do we not have this ethnicity crisis and when we are having this crisis or when our kids are having it or when our siblings are having it or friends are having it how do we support them how are we there for them I think the biggest thing that we need to recognize and the biggest thing that we need to understand is if you are from this country if you have spent enough time in a foreign country for you to then go you know what I am British I'm American I'm you know Australian I'm I don't know French I'm I don't know what the country is, my geography is really bad, I'm Spanish, you know, if you spent enough time in a country to then, you know, where you would make that a part of your identity, you need to understand one thing, you're not going to be a hundred percent of either thing and if people expect you to be like that, you need to explain that to them, right? For instance, my mum knows very well, I am not 100% Pakistani, yes, ethnically, I am 100% Pakistani, however, nationality wise I am not Pakistani at all I'm 100% British now how does that work if I'm 100% Pakistani ethnically and 100% British nationally I guess how does that work it's as simple as this I am both I am a British Pakistani girl hence why when it comes time to filling out a form and it asks you what's your nationality and what's your ethnicity I personally I will always put both things down I know some people don't like to because obviously job offers and this and that blah 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 and the racism racism that happens behind the scenes of you know job applications and I would never reject that because it's true but it's the fact that my name is just not very British so even if I wasn't to put down Asian I swear like an employer will probably look at it and be like hmm she's not white though is she so either way it doesn't make a difference to me I will always put down both I will always put down I'm British and I'll always put down that I'm Pakistani and sometimes some forms have it are you British Pakistani are you British Bengali are you British India because I think people are coming to the realization now and it's good that you cannot be either or and you can definitely you cannot be either or okay and I'm really sorry I don't really care what people say about that because it's very very hard it's hard to move into a different country or being brought in a country being brought up in a country that your parents weren't raised in or your parents aren't very familiar with for them to then you know um expect you to be exactly the way that they are when it comes time to culture when it comes time to mentality when it comes time to mindset and it's the same thing as your peers if my friends today if any of my white friends today and like I said I've changed a lot since high school but if any of my white friends and I will say one thing I'm so grateful for my white friends they've always been so respectful here and there yes everyone has blips and hiccups but they've always been so respectful with the way that they've impose their questions upon me if any of my white friends today expected me to be exactly the way that they am I would simply say no I'm not going to be 
western or I'm not going to be 100% British just because I was born here I'm very lucky to be carrying such a beautiful culture and country with me and I'm not going to reject my heritage okay and I just think that this is something people need to understand like I said we as British born South Asians to be more specifically because I am talking about Desis we are British South Asians we are British Desi kids and we come with both sides okay we come with being British like I said and being whatever country you're from in South Asia now the only thing that I do believe is in everybody's hand is which identity you identify with most and that in all honesty will just take you time to figure out more yourself okay there are a lot of South Asians out there that you know, they feel like they resonate more with the Western community and that's fine. But then you'll also find South Asians out there who will probably go, nah, you know what? I like my ethnicity. I want to explore with that a little bit more and I want to represent that a bit more. And that's also fine too. And then you find people who are in the middle who are more like, I d- I'm, I'm easy with either. I don't really care for either. Or, you know, I want to embrace, embrace both sides because obviously I'm speaking from a Muslim girl's perspective. And I think if you're Muslim, you are naturally more likely to side with your ethnical side just because a lot of our ethnicities, um, you are still more likely to resonate more with your ethnicity just because a lot of our ethnicities can, a lot of it, you know, is influenced by religion too. So that's completely in your hands, what you resonate with more. That is in your hands and don't let anyone ever take that away from you, you know. Like I said, that's completely up to you and how you want to go about it and what you feel like resonates with you more okay don't go off what people are saying don't think oh because this person's not going to accept me in all honesty right and I feel like I feel like it's so much more easier said than done especially when you're younger it is a lot more hard and I always used to wonder this when people would say this that when you become older you honestly start caring less and it is just so true you really really do because you come to realize that the only person that is there for you is yourself, okay? Nobody else is really there for you. And if somebody came to me and they were like, you know what, Arzu, I don't want to be friends with you because um, of the outfits you wear, I'd say, okay, well, I don't need a friend like you in my life then because a friend is meant to be someone supportive, you know? They're not meant to encourage you to do something bad and they're definitely not meant to degrade you in any way, shape or form. And if you are surrounded by people like that, it's honestly time for you to be like, bye Felicia, I don't need you in my life. It's easier said than done, but trust me, when you start cutting those people out, you feel so good about yourself. The main thing is, is you need to take power back into your hands. You need to take control of the situation. And that's something that I would always advise my sister as well, because my sister's found it very hard. And you heard her in the last episode as well, the way she spoke about her racism and her bullying and such. And she found it very hard to, I guess, resonate with her Pakistani side because she's been criticized so much for it. But over this summer, mashallah, she's done so much work on herself and she feels so proud of herself to the point where she knows if someone was to say anything, she'll shut them down because at the end of the day, she knows very well that if someone's not encouraging you to be the best version of yourself, they're not worth it. And if they're trying to belittle you for something you carry and you wear every day, like your skin color, are they really worth your time? No, they're not. And two more things that I'm going to mention on how we can tackle this. Firstly, again, schools, education system, I really hope, inshallah, everyone pray that I become prime minister one day, but in all honesty, if I could, I would literally change up the way things have been represented and such. 
I definitely think we need more representation, especially when you're talking about subjects like religion at school and when you're talking about racism or Islamophobia, etc, etc. We need more representation. It's lovely to have white teachers wanting to talk about these matters, but at the same time, for a brown or black girl that sat in the audience, or even a boy sat in the audience, when they're listening to white people say, it's literally like, whether you are passionate or not about the subject, it is literally like they're just reading a PowerPoint. Because in my mind, there's so much that they're talking about and they're passionate about but they don't understand it and lucky for them they will never understand it they will never understand the difficulties we have to go through as brown or black people or just people of color in general you know you've, you've got arabs as well and like i said east asians they will just never understand it we need more representation i need more representation in the media i need more representation in books you know i was talking to my co-worker, co-worker today and she was talking to me about books and she was like as a kid how did you feel represented enough or like i don't exactly remember the question i can't lie memory of a goldfish but she said something like that to me and I basically said to her, I said, as a kid, all the characters in books were basically white from what I remember and I'm not old, you know, like I'm really not old. I'm still very young. And the fact that someone like me is saying all that I remember from when I was a kid is that the characters were literally all blonde hair and white and here and there maybe there was a brunette but there was never anything about this beautiful black girl or this like handsome brown boy it was just always this gorgeous white girl with blonde uh, hair and blue eyes or with brunette hair and brown eyes like where's the representation that's where we need to begin from and once you start doing that you are conditioning kids from a young age to understand that not everybody is white not everybody who is beautiful has to be of a certain type you know every culture every ethnicity comes with different features that are gorgeous in their own way like for instance I don't have one of those cute petite European noses I have a Pakistani nose and for the longest time I used to hate my nose I literally wanted to get rhinoplasty but I'm at that point now where I'm like why you know I only think that because all that we talk about is that beautiful European nose and I'm not going to take away from those you know gorgeous European girls with those noses because they're very pretty but it's the fact that Oh, I'm going to do a whole new episode on beauty standards. So don't worry about that. I've got that planned in my mind. But it's the fact that, like I said, I'm not being represented and girls like me aren't being represented. I don't see many girls with like a like a nose that's like mine, you know, or just like a nose that's not small and buttony. We need more representation. And like I said, once that starts, kids from a young age will understand that everyone looks different, everyone comes from different backgrounds, not everybody eats the same food, not everyone watches the same things, not everyone speaks the same language and it's fine, you can still be friends with them and you don't need to look at them differently. And the last thing that I want to mention, or the last point that I want to mention, and this is for parents, okay, oh, I feel like parents really need to understand this, especially our desi parents, okay, if you pick up your whole life and you come to a different country, you need to be willing and you need to be ready to face these issues, okay? And I feel like our parents face issues with anger, with disappointment and you can't do that because when you face these issues with anger or disappointment, you are pushing your child away, okay? And the more you try and tell them that oh but this but like you're wrong for thinking this and you're wrong for doing this, the more they will resent that beautiful heritage that you have and that you've bought into your house they will want to be more of the other side and there's nothing wrong with that but then you're going to be the reason why they are pushing their gorgeous heritage aside okay as parents you need to be understanding okay if you notice your child is behaving or acting differently talk to them show them the beautiful side of your culture talk to them about the gorgeous sides and 
because a lot of our parents will probably talk about oh yeah this happens in pakistan and this happens in bangladesh and this happens in india but they'll never talk about the good things and never be like oh my goodness did you hear right like pakistan achieved this the other day start talking about those things start start explaining to your kids that there are bad things about every community okay but talk about the good things too we need to embrace and we need to emphasize the positiveness of our culture and our community over the negativity and that's something that parents don't really understand and the final thing I'm going to say before I end today's episode off is this is a quote from one of Mufti Mink's videos I love Mufti Mink and he basically said such a good thing you know you cannot raise your children in the world that you were raised in and that's so true just because your parents reacted to situations in a specific way and it worked on you guys does not mean it works on us lot times have changed people change hormones change your mindset changes you know uh, environment changes and all of these things have a very big psychological impact on a child and their upbringing and the way that they see the world and the way that they perceive the world if times were literally the same, according to you guys, nobody, you, like none of our parents ever suffered from depression or anxiety or stuff like ADHD or etc. or uh, schizophrenia or OCD, like apparently all of our parents were fine. So if times were really the same, our kids would be the same too, too. But there is a reason why so many of us lot are suffering from stuff like depression and anxiety and it's become a lot more common that's your biggest indication that the times are not the same times have changed and it's now time for you to change your mentality if you can change your location if you can change where you're going to bring your kids up you need to change that mentality in time for when you have kids so that when your kids need your support they don't push you away you know they decide to go to you they decide to confide in you and I know very well you know inshallah when I do become a parent I have obviously got my own ways of the way I want to go about things but the one thing I will always do is I will always make my kids aware of one thing that I understand I understand that it's going to be difficult for them because there might be certain things that they like off their British side and there might be certain things that they like off their Pakistani side that might conflict with one another and it's fine just come and talk to me about it and we'll come to a middle ground but just whatever you do, don't push your kids away and just be kind on them, right? I know it's easier said than done, but trust me, I think as parents, sometimes parents think that whatever they say is whatever should happen and that's the ground rule and kids don't know anything. But trust me, we know a lot more than you think we do and we understand a lot more than you think we understand. And if you're going to be harsh on your kids, your kids are then going to resent you more than anything and they're going to start hiding things from you, they're going to start lying from you and then you're going to get hurt when you push that child away from you and I don't even know how else to express it but the fact that you're going to be the reason of your child's failure and their mental health like declining and when I say failure I mean like your child will then engage in things that no child should engage in whether they are white, black, brown, yellow, green, blue, pink you know um, and you'll then try and look for everything else to blame but you won't blame yourself and you won't take the responsibility on yourself and unfortunately everything I've spoken about in my podcast till date the sad thing is is that all of these things have such a severe effect on a person's mental health which then affects stuff like their well-being their ability to eat ability to clean ability to actually get out of bed and moreover as desi parents you want your kids to do well in their career how are they going to do well in their career when they get that they, they they're suffering from pressures from home to begin with pressures that kids that parents will just never understand so parents please take the time out to honestly just take a step back 
reevaluate what you are doing is it right because think about it logically when you talk to someone with kindness when you sit them down and have a nice conversation and when you're kind to someone someone is more likely to listen to you than when you start shouting at them when you start getting aggressive with someone because in in return you're going to be you're going to face aggression and you're not really going to get anywhere um but if you're kind to someone you will get somewhere and i mean as Muslims, our greatest example is the Prophet. Obviously, we can only try and be like him. If aggression was really a big thing, we would have had so many hadiths and so many, like, obviously, stories and such of the Prophet being aggressive towards people, but he was so kind and patient with people and that's what made him the greatest man to have ever walked this earth and you know what one thing i am going to add on once again is that i'm really really blessed that my mom has had that open communication with me so i've gone to and i've spoken to her about these things and i genuinely believe hence why one major reason why I'm so proud of my ethnicity and I'm so proud of being Pakistani and I personally believe I'm a good mix between being British and being Pakistani like I don't think like I'm like I don't know 80% Pakistani and 20% British I think I'm a good mix between the two because there are certain things within myself like certain mentalities and ideologies that will not resonate with family back home but at the same time I do certain things and I dress in a certain way like I, I, I'd like to think I dress quite modestly that is not going to resonate with my British side you know and that's fine but I do believe that because I've been able to have that open and clear communication with my mum I definitely have found it a lot more easier in life to accept my ethnicity and to definitely 100% be proud of it and trust me if you were my friend you'd realize that I do not shut up about being Pakistani like I'm so proud so proud of my ethnicity obviously there like I said there are so many negatives about both as on both aspects and that brings me to the end of my episode you know what I'm actually proud of myself. I think I've done pretty well. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to me. I don't want to elongate this anymore. I feel like I've dragged on way too much. Um, I appreciate everybody's time. And please, guys, pray for me that I will actually stay on top of my podcast. And inshallah, I will do well with it. And guys, please don't forget to follow me on my Instagram. It's literally at Chai Tour. So it's my name. Chai with a double I because somebody took the double A, Ugh, unfortunately. But yeah, let me know um, how you guys also found this episode. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating duh if you did enjoy today's episode and I can't wait to talk to you guys in my next episode and like I said I do really hope I can stay on top of this a little bit more and if you did listen to my episode and I don't care who you are where you live let me know how you found it send me a dm write me a little comment or a review if you're listening on like apple podcasts or whatever and I can't wait to talk to you guys in my next episode and please take care hope you're all doing well and I wish you all the best of luck with whatever you're doing at the minute and I will talk to you soon inshallah Bye, guys.